It's time for the Crunch Time Plays podcast, where we talk all things sports from the collegiate level all the way up to the pros. And now, here's your host, Bennett Ganey. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Crunch Time Plays. I'm so delighted to be joined today by one of the one of the stars in the in the sports betting industry. She's she's on uh, you know huge on TikTok. She's a lot of NBA props and uh, her dance moves are second to none as well. And she's from Book It Sports and and that's Liv Moody. How are you, Liv? And and thanks for coming on. Yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. I know. Us connecting kind of took some time because I'm one horrible at responding and two, my life has been crazy, but I'm so happy that we get to do this and we get to talk and I get to know you a little bit better. Um, I've made so many relationships on Twitter with people and then I don't have a face to the name or, you know, people message me back and forth and I feel like I know them, but then I don't actually know them. So I'm excited to be here and get to know you a little. Oh, I'm definitely excited about that too. And I want to take, I want to start with you by taking you back to, to Saturday night. I know you were in Las Vegas for the, for the final four and got to collaborate with a bunch of your, your colleagues there at Book It Sports. But let's take you back to the, to the sports book where you were sitting when, when Jalen Suggs banked in that shot to beat UCLA. What kind of atmosphere was that like? I know Gonzaga was, was a, a big favorite in the game, depending on what book you looked at, 13 and a half. But, but just to see the game come down the way it did and to see Jalen Suggs almost, you know, pull up from the logo and bank that shot in, what, what was the atmosphere like there? Well, it was electric uh, and it was nothing short of what you expect in March Madness, right? I mean, those are, those are the moments that you remember in March Madness. It's why it's called March Madness. Um I think what made it even more electric is that we had two gentlemen on our team, Jason Herman and Mike O'Brien, also known as a personality called Mikey over. They had UCLA money line. So we, you know, naturally I didn't place a bet on that game because I truly did not know what I liked. I just couldn't find an edge and I didn't know how that game was going to look. I did take the over And I took UCLA to cover. So I was in turn kind of rooting for UCLA in a sense. When you take an underdog to cover, you honestly just kind of hope they win. I mean, I love to kind of see the underdog pull off the upset. I've always thought for the majority of March Madness that Gonzaga was a little overrated. I think that was more just betting with my heart and not my head because I'm always looking for that Cinderella story and the underdog to beat, you know, a team like Gonzaga. So I had UCLA to cover, so I was able to cash in on that. I also had the over that cashed as well. So it was electric to say the least. We had two guys that had UCLA money line. So obviously down to the wire, they tie it up. Honest to God, I think we all turned around and started. We were celebrating them tying it up so hard that it felt like we blinked our eyes and we were like, what just happened? It was one of those shock moments where you honestly can't even like process what just happened because you're celebrating you're like oh my gosh double ot like this is insane let's go ucla like tying it up with gonzaga in the final stretch of the game at that point you kind of think it's over like i think there were three seconds left you're like it's over it's done they tied it up we're going into double ot and then all of a sudden you hear like the total room just change you see the gonzaga fans going oh my gosh double ot Then all of a sudden they're running, jumping, screaming. I look over to Mike and he is like, you would have thought someone just like ran over his dog. Like it was like devastation at its finest. And I was like, it took me a second to realize what just happened. 
then of course they start doing the replays and you're like, Oh my God, like that is some, that's a shot that does not happen in the regular season. It just doesn't. That is a shot that is exclusive to March madness. And so to be in the book, to be kind of in a place where there's, it was kind of divided. I saw quite a bit of UCLA gear on people for sure. So a lot of people were just like WTF, like what, what in the world did we just witness? And so devastation for sure for Mike and Jason who had that UCLA money line bet, but I was happy UCLA still covered the spread. Uh, that's why, you know, if you, if you think an underdog can hang, the spread's almost a safer bet, right? Cause you're like, okay, they won't win it, but 14's a lot of points. I had them at least covering by 14 and I was like, they can do that. Um, So it was electric. I mean, the same energy that you have in your living room with your family and your friends watching a shot like that times that by a hundred. And that's what we were experiencing because you're sitting next to people that have put thousands of dollars on these bets. I scream over bets that I have $10 on. Okay. I have $10 on my NBA props. You would think I have my savings on that bet, but that's just how I am with sports in general. I just get very excited, very hyped up you're standing next to people that have put their like house on this bet. Right. So that the devastation of that shot was definitely in the room. If you're a Gonzaga person, then obviously you were pretty thrilled that Holy crap, that really did just happen. Uh, So yeah, the energy in the room was nuts to say the least. So what, you know, that, that's that old saying, I mean, the good teams win, but the great teams cover. And (laughs) that's so true. I don't, I don't know who came up with that. Do you, do you know? Like, where, I where? don't, but they're pretty smart for that one because it's so true. I mean, it's so, so true because Gonzaga, let's get real. I mean, they're a team that should have covered by 14. So the fact that UCLA could hang with them the way that they did, I believe UCLA was an 11 seed. Am I mistaken? An 11 yep. seed team was able to hang with Gonzaga the way that they did. I mean, that spoke volumes to one, the coaching from UCLA, the talent on that team as well. But also the fact that you've got to be careful of those big spreads. No matter how good this team is, that's a lot of points. And when you're in the final four, anything can happen. Anything can happen. So if you know nothing at all about these two teams, which I'm going to be honest, betting on college basketball was not my thing this year. I was on the wrong side of every single bet. I couldn't stand it. It was not for me. But what I did know is we're in the final four. UCLA has made it this far for a reason. 14 is a lot of points. It's a lot of points in the NBA. God forbid college basketball covering a spread that big this late into the tournament just seems a little crazy. And that actually was what helped me with my championship bet. I took Baylor money line and I also took the under and the under was a sweater. Let me tell you, holy crap. But in my, you know, in my brain, if UCLA can hang with Gonzaga, Baylor can hang with Gonzaga. And we saw that not only did they hang with Gonzaga, but they whooped their butt and, and when you're coming off of a shot like that from Jalen Suggs, the momentum around Gonzaga is hype. It's a lot of energy and a lot of like, oh my gosh, you have to be careful with that as well. Because sometimes the the talent doesn't match the hype of that one moment. Um, Baylor used that last minute three-point shot as motivation to grind it out and figure out how to beat this team and keep a very big lead from the very beginning of the game. So that last three-point shot, as electric as it was, it did help me go forward with my Baylor money line bet because, you know, I, I just – when you're looking at those teams, Baylor is more talented than UCLA. And if UCLA can do it, 
Baylor can do it. So that was kind of my motivation in the championship bets. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the same for me. I mean, I know we – I mean, I started giving out um, picks on Sunday. It was the first time I'd ever started doing that and and just figured to enhance the show a little bit by by handing out some some picks and and hit on Arizona at plus eight Sunday night in the in the women's championship game. And then just coming off that emotional win for Gonzaga, I know, you know, we were both, we both took Baylor in that one, but, but I, I came on on the wrong side on, on the over. I was, you know, I was just pulling for a few more points. And then for sure. And you know I, what? The over should have hit. It absolutely should have hit because the way that that game was paced in the first half, I thought the under was dead. I thought it was dead, but I think the only thing that was the saving grace was the blowout factor. Um, and the fact that you could definitely see Gonzaga's momentum slowing down when they knew there was no chance that they were going to win the game. Um, so they weren't pulling up for as many shots. They weren't taking as many shots. So that's the only reason that that over should have hit. Uh, if it were a closer game, my under debt would have been total toast. Uh, but Thank God uh, for the blowout factor for my sake, not for yours. But yeah, the over, it was on track to hit by tenfold. So I'm surprised it didn't. One of the things that that had me motivated for the over is because UCLA plays at a very slow pace offensively. And just watching them sat, watching that game Saturday night, Gonzaga was able to speed them up and play at their pace. And, and you know, it did help that the game went into overtime for the over, but, but just – I, you know, just thought that Gonzaga would be able to speed Baylor up. And even though I thought Baylor would win the game, the score would, you know, be higher than it was. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, the the under for me boiled down to a few things. And the biggest one was what we typically see in the championship game is, and that is usually in the seventies around there. Um, So that was really what I based most of it off of was what do we typically see in this championship game, regardless of who's playing, how great they are from the three, what is the average that we actually see an over hit in the championship game? That was really what I was going off of because when you're looking at those team, those two teams individually, they both know how to shoot the three ball. So when you're, when you're talking from a capping perspective, the over made more sense. It really did. But for me, it was just that kind of that fight, that final championship game voodoo type thing where I'm like, I don't know, you know, it's, I got to go with what we've seen over the years. So that was really my driving force on that under. Um, I knew Gonzaga was going to have to buckle down on Baylor to stop them from shooting at the three-point line. Uh, obviously, they didn't do a great job of that, but I uh, Baylor was shooting the lights, and that's why the under made me nervous because Baylor was not missing a shot for the first like five, six minutes of that game. They were not missing, and I was like, oh, God, here we go. That under is going to be embarrassingly wrong. Um but again, with that blowout factor, it definitely made things a little bit different. What did it seem like to you that that betting was more up for for this March Madness because we didn't have it last year? I know you're you you guys are big at book it on kind of like a social media for for betters. Did you sense more excitement on this March Madness than in years past just because we didn't have it last year? I think so. Yeah, and I think also, you know. <laughs> If anything, if we learned anything, which we learned a lot from 2020, let's be real. But one of the biggest things we noticed in the sports betting world is it can be or the sports world in general. It can be gone like that. We've never had sports taken away from us. We've never been told sports are not happening. Like what? That was so shocking to the world of sports, whether you're betting on it or watching it or whatever. 
that was like, what are you talking about? I can't watch sports. Are you insane? What do you mean? I can't go. I'm a season ticket holder. What do you mean? I can't go watch my favorite team. I mean, that was so shocking and it truly was, it was, it was a huge representation of how important sports are in our society because it was like earth shattering to have that taken away was like, are you joking? So then you give people the opportunity, the only true opportunity that they have to interact with their sports. Now that they can't sit in the stadiums, they can't sit in the arenas. Really the only interaction they get is betting. And that's why the betting industry is so insane right now. And it's growing so quickly and it's becoming an industry that I think a lot more people are joining is because, you know, we were stripped of that interaction with our sports and our teams and our players watching games from your living room is great, but let's be real. There is nothing that beats being in the game, being invested in the game, whether you've got money on it or, you know, someone on the team or whatever. So I think we've seen a huge spike in betting in general, but then to go so long with no college basketball, I think that in itself, we already had more people betting and now you're giving them March Madness after not having it last year, which I would say is one of the probably most booming times in the sports betting industry is the month of March. So when we didn't have that last year, it's like, oh, I'm not missing this for anything. And people, I'm sure we saw an increase of how much money was being put down. I'm sure there were a million different factors. So uh, yeah, I, I think I'm sure that that had a lot to do with it. But I think the year 2020 just showed us how much we love sports, how much we need sports, <laughs> and how much we're willing to spend on sports. So that in itself, I think I'm sure we saw huge, huge numbers this March compared to any other March just for that reason alone. Hey, we definitely need sports. I mean, I don't, I honestly didn't know what to do with myself starting in last March and then going to whenever, um, you know, I think NAS, NAS, or golf and NASCAR were the first two uh, sports to come back last year. And that was what until, you know, June or July or August. And I, was, yeah. I didn't know what to do with myself for those like three or four it's months. Very, it was very bizarre. It was a very bizarre time just because you don't realize how much you depend on it until you don't have it. And then you're like, okay, I'm at the gym and there's nothing to watch. What's going on? I mean, it's just little things like that where you're just like, I can't believe you know, the every ESPN notification we got was a new positive COVID test. And like, nobody wants to hear that crap. You know, I want to see what, what's going on with my team and my people. So yeah, I mean, we need sports. End of discussion. We need sports. It's an industry that no matter what happens, it's not going anywhere. Uh, we need it too badly. And so, yeah, like I said, not being able to be in the stadiums and be at full capacity, you know, the next best way to interact with a game or with your team or players is to bet on them. So I'm sure we'll continue to see an increase in the sports betting industry for sure. You you mentioned that, and I want to touch on that with you for a second. You know, just the just the expansion of of the sports betting industry as a whole for the people out there that that are watching or listening that say, "Hey, I think think I'd like to to get into sports betting." What what would be some beginner's advice that you would give people about you know what to bet on, how to go about betting on it, what sports books do you like, different things yeah. like that? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> if this makes anyone feel any better, I started this industry in June of last year. So it hasn't even been a full year that I've been in this industry. And when I was first approached by book it sports about being the face of the company and joining the social media platform for sports betting, I was like sports betting. Like, I don't know sports, betting. I don't need, I didn't know what a spread was. I didn't know what an over under was. I had no idea 
an ounce of sports betting. I knew about March Madness brackets. I knew about fantasy teams. I had no idea about sports betting. I, I seriously did not know a thing. And so I was very apprehensive at first. Um, and then I joined the industry and one, the community is incredible. All you have to do is ask the question. You may feel stupid. You may have people that make you feel stupid and or tell you that you're stupid. That's fine. Um, they're stupid for even saying that in the first place. So whatever. But asking questions and just learning about it, the reason that's important is everyone started there. At one point in time, they were new to the industry. They didn't know what a spread was. They didn't know about over-unders. They didn't know the minus plus money thing. They had no idea. So ask the questions because you're not stupid. Everyone had to ask it at some point in their career. The other piece of advice that I have for anyone that's getting into this industry that's nervous, doesn't know if they're going to be any good at it, even the best handicappers in the world lose bets and they lose them a lot. That is once I figured that out and I'm like, okay, so this Joe Schmo that's on Twitter chirping me right now for my losing bet guarantee you if I pulled up his record in the last three days, he's lost more than he's won. It's so easy for people in this industry to sit behind a screen with no profile picture and a random username and roast you about what you're doing wrong and how your bets are stupid and you don't know what you're talking about. My biggest thing is confidence. When I put a bet out there, I always make sure I have the numbers and the information to back it up because then if my bet loses, the capping was still there. So if I bet an under, you know, perfect example of this is I bet the under for James Harden assists one game when there was no Kyrie and no KD. That made sense to me. He's not going to be the facilitator. He's going to be the shooter. He has to be the shooter on this Nets team. He's not going to be getting the ball over to KD or Kyrie. He's going to be shooting the ball. The capping was there. The bet, the bet went over in the third quarter. <laughs> so... I lost it bad. I lost the bet a lot. I, I think I had under, under 13 and a half or something. He ended with like 16. Okay. So it, I was so off in terms of the number not hitting, the bet not hitting, whatever. But I had information to back up why I bet the way that I did. And that really at the end of the day is all that matters. Cause then you've got people that are like, dang, tough loss, but the capping was there. Like I saw what you saw. It's all good. We, we, you know, we rebound tomorrow. So, always being prepared, always having information to back up your claim. Uh, because no matter what you're betting on other human beings to do what you think they're going to do, you are not always going to win that. I mean, these are not robots we're betting on. They're people, you know, God forbid they pull a hamstring in the third quarter and they're two points away from hitting the over that you bet on. That's out of your control. Like you cannot control those things. So going into every bet, number one, confident, Number two, having information to back it up. And number three, ignoring anyone that gives you any sort of negativity or especially being a woman to any female that wants to enter, enter this industry. It's tough, okay? This is an industry that is very, very, very dominated by men. Um, and you will have a lot of men that talk down to you and speak to you like you're stupid and speak to you like you have no idea what you're talking about and you're not meant to be in this industry, yada, yada, yada. Um, those are the men 
that are not men at all. They're boys and they don't know what they're talking about and they're insecure and whatever. So number one, tune that out. Number two, uh, everyone loses. No matter how great you are, no matter how long you've been in this industry, you're going to lose money. You're going to lose bets. Uh, don't let it get you down. Don't wear your losses on your sleeve. I'm speaking from personal experience. Um, and also track your action, which is why I love the Book It Sports app. You can track every single play. And the reason that I like that is, It's so easy to have a brutal beat and just let that consume you. But if you go back to your record and you can say, okay, wait, I'm up units. Like, what am I complaining about? Like, I'm still making profit this week. It's fine. But it's so easy to get wrapped up in that one bad beat or that one brutal loss or whatever. So tracking your action is huge. And that was one thing that appealed to me so much about the Book It app when they brought it to my attention. You know, one of my first few questions was, okay, people use Twitter What's different about Book It? People use Twitter for their gambling content. So what makes Book It different? Well, it's an app that's specifically catered to the sports betting community. So not only can you track your plays, but you also have that social media aspect where you can interact with other people. So before I place a bet, if I'm on the fence, I'm like, hey, Book It community, here's what I like. Tell me why you don't like it. That way they can give their list of reasons like, hey, you know, this player's out. So his playing time might be off kind of give me the rundown of their thoughts, things that I may have missed when I was doing my own research. And that's why the community is so great. So, you know, if you're going to start somewhere, start at the most basic level, learn about the terminology, the spreads, the totals, all that good stuff. And then just jump in head first, just jump in head first with confidence, do your research, take your time. um, And don't let trolls on Twitter or anywhere else tell you that you can't do it because you can and everyone loses. So if you lose, it's no problem. Just move on and win again tomorrow. So that's a a short story long. Let me put it that way of some advice, not only for just beginners, but also for women, you know, have, you've got to have thick skin in this industry. That's just the nature of the beast because you're already underestimated being a female. So you've got to just go into it, ignoring the hate and just doing your thing. So that would be my advice for sure. Well, I can tell you with 110% that you do know what you're talking about. And you're, <laughs> you are, you are one of the best there is. And I'm not just saying that because you chose to come on the show. I'm, I'd, I'd say that about you, whether you were on here or not, but, but sticking with what, because a lot of people are like, what's, what sports books do I trust? What, what, uh, what, what's the best for me? Who's going to, you know, benefit me the most. No, you we talked about it in the pre-show, what sports books that we like. What's yeah. what are some what are some that you like and, and what advice would you give to somebody, you know, to a beginner about maybe what sports books to trust? Yeah. I mean, you know, here's the thing. I I think one of the biggest things that I also learned in this industry was to shop the line. Shop the line. And I never understood that because I was using FanDuel for a while and it worked for me. So I was like, nah, no need to keep, you know, to do anything else. The value that you can get on a different book for the same exact bet is so different everywhere. So shopping the line, I cannot stress enough, is so important. Um, You can get a bet on one book that's a favorite and an underdog on the other because that book may know something that we do not. Um, so if you can get a, a bet for plus money, uh, you know, even if it's plus 100, take it, uh, you know, so shopping the line is crucial. I tend to lean towards FanDuel for my player props. 
I've been using Superbook uh, here and there for some other things as well. Um, I know PointsBet is out here in Colorado, so I've definitely wanted to look into that. Um, I've heard a lot of great things about Bet365. I've heard a lot of great things about DraftKings. Um, I really stick to Superbook uh, or FanDuel. Those are kind of the two that I've gone back and forth between. I know my brother is a huge DraftKings guy. He loves DraftKings. They've got a lot of great odds, odds boosts. And that's the other thing. Some books will do a promotion for the Masters. I know there's a lot of books that are going to have some Masters boots here in a couple days. So take advantage of those. Even if that's not the book you typically use, if you can get better value, take it. So shopping the line, I would say, is super important. And I'm sure you can agree that you know finding the best value, the bang for your buck, is really what you need to be doing in this industry because... You know, the, the line typically will stay the same. You know, if it's at minus 14 on one, it's probably minus 14 on the other. But if you can get a line that doesn't have that annoying thing called a hook um, that you can get on another book, take the other one. So just shop around and see what you can find because you want to go for the best value. At the end of the day, the best value is the most important. So definitely do your shopping and wherever you're at, whatever state you're in, if it's legal where you're at and the app works where you're at, do it. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't encourage a lot of the offshore stuff just because it's not legal. Hello. Uh, so I've never used that. I know a lot of people that do use that kind of stuff and that's totally, that's up to them. You know, that's their deal, but I stick to the apps. Um, cause they're one more convenient, you know, you don't have to worry about any sketchiness going on. So I like the apps, uh, FanDuel Superbook are kind of the two that I use the most, but, uh, definitely shop around cause you can get good value in other places for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely shopping the lines the way to go because I know because um, I'm about to re- as soon as I release this episode, I'm going to release out my master's pick and I'm take you know for people that listen before I reach before I you know do the pick, I'm picking Xander Shawley to win and I think FanDuel's the best right now at plus twenty five hundred. So I know that's the one I'm gonna I'm gonna put out because I want to you know if if Xander Shawley does happen to win, which I have no idea if he will or not, but, <laughs> but just, I just want to have for the people that do, you know, take my advice. I want to have, you know, want to win them the most money. So that's, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's, it's really weird because what would you say the best time are time is to, to bet on a game or something like that? I know people, you know, place bets five or six days out when the line when the line first comes out. What would the advice if you see the line moving one way or another? When when would be the best time be? Do you think to place that bet? If you are super confident in your bet, grab it before the public bets too heavy on it. If the public starts betting really heavy on the same side as you, that line is going to move and it won't move in your favor. It's going to move in Vegas's favor because Vegas likes to make money. So if you are super confident, like let's say if we're talking NBA, if you feel really confident about Western Conference Finals or Eastern Conference Finals or the championship game for that matter, grab it now. Grab it now before you've got a healthy Lakers team that starts making the line move because LeBron and AD are back on the court. So if you feel confident and you're like, I don't care if there's LeBron, I don't care if there's AD, I don't care who's in, who's out, this is the team that's taking it all. Put it down now. As soon as you feel that confidence, make the bet. Because once the public starts betting heavy on one side, 
the line's going to move in favor of the other side so that Vegas can try to get some more, some money on both sides and make it a little bit more even. So really, really try to hammer your bets as early as you can. Now, especially for, you know, just, you know, weekly games in the NBA or MLB or NHL, whatever it may be, five to six days out, I never do that only because those late NBA scratches will screw you so fast. I mean, God, if you see an NBA player that says day-to-day, every NBA player at some point in the week will say day-to-day by their name. I mean, honest to God, it's the most obnoxious thing ever. The late scratches in the NBA screw so many people over because you just don't know. Like you you say, it says probable, it says questionable, but you're like, oh, they're going to play for sure. 10 minutes before tip, you know, before the game starts, all of a sudden they're out. So it's just like, you know, I try to wait as long as possible. And sometimes you can't escape those types of things. You can't escape it. The late scratch happens way too late and you've already placed everything. In that sense, don't sweat it. I mean, it's. I think every better has been through that pain of a late scratch or an injured player that totally puts a fork in your bet and you're like, well, that's it. That bet's over with. So we've all been there. Um, so, you know, when it comes to games that are throughout the week in regular season, uh, I wouldn't jump ahead of yourself just because you never know. Well, and nowadays in this, in this season, especially COVID protocol, it's not just a, Oh, they might play. If you've been exposed, you're out. There's no questions about it. No, if, ands or buts, you are done. So God forbid, you know, Joel Embiid or Russell Westbrook or LeBron or AD or any of these, or James Harden, any of those players get exposed during playoffs bye. (laughs) See ya. There's no, it's not like a, you know, a sore hamstring where you can play through it and whatever. If, if it's COVID protocol, you're not playing regardless. So, you know, that's something that of course has made me a little bit more cautious in terms of betting the spreads and stuff like that. Um, Thankfully with player props, if they never touch the court, then you get your money back. But with the spread bet, if you're, if you're banking on James Harden to have a big night and take the, take the nets to beat, the jazz. Well, if James Harden's late scratch, good luck with that. You know? So it's like, that's, that's where you want to be careful. But again, you're not a true better if you haven't been affected by a late scratch or an injury or something uh, on a bet that you've had placed for a while. It happens. It is what it is. And that's how Vegas makes their money. Cause they know there these people are seeing great value. They're going to hammer this futures bet, but little do they know in a week or two trades, trades are going to happen. Uh, injuries are going to happen. COVID's going to happen. So that's how Vegas makes its money. That that right there is another example, one of a million on how Vegas makes profit off of people that, you know, are affected by things they can't control. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, definitely kind of, you know, for the most part, taking each game day to day and just kind of feeling it out. But if you like a futures bet and you're confident in it, just hammer it early before the value changes. You're definitely right about day-to-day because I know one of the contentious topics yesterday was if Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson were going to be in the lineup last night. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, you know, it's, it's First of all, it's the NBA, so you don't ever know right. whether it's – never – God, they, their injuries are the most frustrating, I think, of any <laughs> sport, honestly. So frustrating. And what – and I know, I know people are starting to get away from this whole kind of load management ordeal now, but, but how – 
how many times have have people gotten bit by kind of like this this not to mention it hurts the people going to the game because they're going to see they're they're going to they're buying a ticket to the game to see their favorite player and then we're going to sit them down because load management but I think I've seen a lot of people kind of kind of sticking away it's a lot of teams kind of sticking away from that now thankfully which because you know that's one of those other things too where same thing with because I bet a lot of player props as you know it's kind of the same thing with blowout factor. I know once a team has a lead of 20, those star players that I put my money on are not playing anymore. They're just not. And so, yeah, you know, it's frustrating. I think the reason that it's super frustrating is you see players like LeBron James load management wasn't in his vocabulary at all. He was playing more minutes than he probably has in his entire career in this one season alone with no AD. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think the load management thing, I, I I hate to say it. I hate to sound like a jerk, but, you know, you're getting paid to play. You're getting paid to play. And you when you have established yourself as the main character on any given basketball, football, hockey, baseball team, you need to play. OK, because not only are you losing people money and you're making everybody ticked off, but, you know, you you, you are drive. You might may be the reason that that team is driving revenue as highly as it is or whatever. And so, yeah, I think, you know, sometimes I think that that some of the players can be wussies a little bit. Um, and the coaching is get. let's get real. I think the sports industry as a whole has gotten soft over the years. Um, that's just the reality. You can see it with the refs. You can see it with the coaches. You can see it with the players. It's like brush your, like rub some dirt in it, get in the game, do your thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. The whole the whole load management thing, I think, is just – if you're injured, that's one thing. Um, if you just want to rest, it's like, come on. You know, I mean, get out there, do your job. If you're injured, that's different. But if you're not, like, go play some ball so that we can all watch it and enjoy it, you know? <laughs> hey, there, there's no doubt about that. And we're, we're here with Liv Moody. She's one of the best from Book It Sports. And the last thing I got for you is we're winding down. You're, I know you're huge into NBA props. Who are some of the hot players that you're looking at uh, over the next, you know, couple weeks that that have the ability to keep it turned on? And and who are some of those colder players that you would encourage people to stay away from here over the next couple weeks? Well, I can't believe I'm saying this because I am from Denver, but the Nuggets team, stay away from them. Just stay away. They are. They can't. It's really tough because they played really solid basketball in the bubble. Some of the best we've seen out of this Nuggets program in a long time. I would argue since that Allen Iverson, Carmelo Anthony era, you know, we haven't seen electric basketball from the Nuggets. And in the bubble, we saw some serious electric basketball, especially from a guy like Jamal Murray. And then you've got Jamal Murray who, you know, one game he's, he's got, I think it was, 40 or 50 points. He broke a record for being the first NBA player to score that many points with zero free throws. Broke a record. I mean, amazing, amazing performance. And then the next game, he gets like six points in the first half. You're like, dude, what are you doing? So honestly, I hate to say it. I would stay away from the Denver Nuggets. Um, I would stay away from the Pelicans. I can't trust the Pelicans. These are teams that I just can't trust. And in terms of their player props, I don't trust them either because you never know what you're going to get. What's really, really hard about player props for teams like that. For example, if you're looking at the Pelicans, it's kind of a coin toss on whether you're going to get an awesome game from Ingram or from Zion. 
you're rarely ever going to get both at once. So you've got to sit and go, well, shit, here we go. Who's it going to be tonight? Because yesterday it was Zion. The game before that, it was Ingram. Then it was Zion again. Then it was Zion before. It, you just never know. With teams like that, I, I tend to just proceed with caution. Now, when you look at a team like the Hornets, that's the team I'm going to use right now. That talent is so well distributed that you could go to that starting lineup and for the most part, you could find a prop that's going to hit just about every single game from each one of the players on the starting lineup. Why? Because their talent isn't so heavily pressed onto one individual or to two individuals. It's that entire lineup. They all bring something different. They all have a very specific role to get the job done. And I love that. Uh, I would also say that's very similar to... You know, you've got really good player props to look at with the Pacers team. The Pacers team may not be a solid team, but guess what? You've got a lot of solid players that pick up the slack and can do their job on a very consistent basis. You know, what worried me for a very long time with that, with and we're seeing it with the Lakers squad. We're seeing how heavily they relied on two guys for their entire season. And when you take those two guys away, they don't, they're like chickens with their freaking heads cut off. They have no idea their head from their butt. I mean, honestly, so I wouldn't bet on the Lakers either. Kyle Kuzma, he doesn't know if he's good or bad at basketball. That's just the reality of it all. I mean, seriously, it's absurd. So I would take a look when you're betting on player props or as we come down the stretch in this season for NBA, look at the teams where the talent is very evenly distributed on that starting lineup. When you've got those those main characters on a team that rely so that that the team relies so so heavily on Bradley Beal with the Wizards is a great example of that. You know, we've seen Russell Westbrook step up to the plate big time. He's averaging triple doubles in the last five matchups. Um, I think he's hit in four of the last five, he's hit a triple double. So he's been incredible. But besides those two players, I wouldn't bet a player prop if my life depended on it. You know, though that, that a team like that depends so heavily on two guys. Same thing with the Lakers, the 76ers. It's a little bit the same when Joel and bead went out, they struggled a little bit. Um, we've seen players rise to the occasion, but yeah, I would take a look at those teams that, have that very even, even talent all across the board. The Suns, the Jazz, the Pacers, uh, the Hornets. Those types of teams are probably the teams I'll look for first when I'm betting on player props. And then I also take a look at who's leading the league defensively and who's at the bottom of the list defensively because defense wins championships and that obviously makes a huge difference when you're betting over-unders. So those are some things I think about. Um but like I said, staying away, away, away from the Denver Nuggets as well as the Lakers. Uh, I don't want anything to do with them. The Pelicans are another one. Those are teams I just don't want to bet on because you never know what kind of a performance you're going to get out of the given player you're betting on. And it's just you're going to lose money. So don't do it. <laughs> Liv is laying the hardwood here. Pun intended. I am. <laughs> pun intended, by the way. But she's telling you who to stay away from. And who's hot and who's not. So, and she knows what she's talking about, so I will listen to her. And <laughs> the last, last last question I got for you, this this isn't really a betting uh a betting topic, but well, actually two things two things now that I think about it. What do you think about the idea? I saw an article about this come out a couple of weeks. This one actually is betting related. What do you think about the idea that the NBA is toying around with allowing people to bet inside the arena? through the app, live betting inside the arena. I think it'll attract some, maybe some more people to come to the games that haven't been, uh, because let's face it, I mean, 
people may be like, well, heck, I can just stay home and watch the game from my TV, you know, since I hadn't been able to go because of COVID. But I think that's really good of the NBA trying to do that to try to get uh, some of those, you know, fans back in the arena. What do you, what do you think about the prospects of that? And, and will that actually make an effect on attendance? Oh, a hundred percent. It will a hundred percent. Like you said, why leave your house if you don't have to, if I'm going to make money on the game, regardless, I'm not leaving my house. If I can watch it from my couch, I'm not leaving my house, but there is something so electric about cashing a bet right there and watching that last made three that you need for that player prop swish into the hoop and having the crowd go crazy. I mean, I think it's genius. I think the NBA is smart because they're staying ahead of this sports betting stuff. They can see the growth. They know where it's headed. They know exactly where sports betting's going. And so they're trying to jump on top of that and they're trying to stay ahead of it. And I think it's brilliant. So yeah, I think it's going to make a huge impact. I think we'll see a whole lot more people, not only in attendance, but also just interacting more. Um, I think then you'll have the people that already go to the games that are like, hmm, maybe I should try this betting thing. So I think it'll benefit the betting world just as much as the NBA attendance world as well. I think it's two birds, one stone, and I think it's brilliant. There's so much going on. There, the, I know the betting industry is really trying to stay ahead. I know Mercedes-Benz didn't um, renew their sponsorship with the Superdome, and I see where Caesars is, has taken that now. I think it's maybe next year in 2022. Just have you seen the betting – have you seen the bet – you know, betting rise, like as far as getting names on buildings, different things like that, really spreading the word about it. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's just the beginning, in my opinion. I think we're going to see a whole lot more of this. I think, you know, sports betting is driving revenue into it, it's like a it's you know here you've got the sports world and you've got sports betting beneath it but the amount of money that sports betting is pumping back into the sports world is insane um and you know it's so interesting because that's a question i always think about is how do these players feel that they're bet on all the time you know but then you've got players that are getting you know that are joining and they're signing with these betting companies and they're getting their name all over it and they're the brand ambassadors here and there and it's you know, I think it's only a matter of time before sports betting and sports in general are just hand in hand and they just go together uh, and we start seeing it become way more accessible. Uh, we'll see it legal everywhere before you know it. Uh, we'll see it in live, you know, in arenas and stadiums. You can do it right there. Uh, I mean, you're already seeing every other commercial is a is a sports betting commercial nowadays. I mean, you know, they're getting on board. You see, you see ESPN talking about fishy line movements and bad beats, you know, they're already on board with it. So it's just a matter of time before sports isn't sports without sports betting. They're going to go hand in hand and have to be a pair. Um, and they're pretty compatible and they're making people a lot of money. So it only makes sense. Definitely. And the last thing I got for you, we talked about the NBA's doing some really great things, but one, one, one decision that I, I didn't like by Adam Silver and, and, was the idea of this of the play-in tournament at the end of the regular season with the seven through ten seeds to try to make the playoffs? I know the season got you know cut by ten games, but I don't think I need that extra ten games to decide who the seven eight seeds are. And I don't really think. I mean, I know it's going to benefit the nine and ten seeds in, in both conferences. But do do you like that idea? Do you think that's something that we could see here in the future? You know, I think that right there is the biggest difference between college basketball and NBA. 
in college basketball, you know, those, those lower seeds that just need one more chance at it, that, that makes a difference. In NBA, it's not necessary. It's not. We've seen enough games. We know exactly where. I could probably tell you right now who's making the playoffs, and we're not even halfway done yet. So, you know, it, we, you rarely, rarely see that comeback Cinderella story type situation. You may see some upsets once playoffs have started. You rarely see a team that squeaked into playoffs just barely and dominated and won and, you know, went as far as they could. It's typically a team that performed well all year long, uh, a team that had talent that was, you know, being shown all year long, not just in that last little last attempt to try to squeak into playoffs. I don't think it's necessary. You know, I think in college, for sure, uh, it makes it fun because, <laughs> you know, because we've seen it before. We've seen those Cinderella teams come out of that and and go far. Uh in the NBA, I don't think it's necessary. I think we've already we already know what we've seen. Um, it's rare that you have a team in the last you know down the stretch of playoffs that just kicks it up and all of a sudden is a different team. You rarely see that uh, after the tread the or the trade deadline. You pretty much know what you're going to get. So I think it's pretty safe to say that that's not necessary, and we just stick to the ten seeds that we know we already know we're going to be in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been laying down the hardwood today. We've been laying down some some truth, and just can't thank you enough for coming on today, Liv. I know uh, it took it took us a little while to, to get to get together, but so thankful that we did. And uh, have to get you back again. Uh, come Absolutely. around around playoff time to talk about those bets with you. But tell everybody where they can find you on social media, and you're you're huge into that, and and what you got going on at Book It Sports, and the floor's open to you. Anything else you want to plug as well? Yeah, no, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on TikTok, and I'm on the Book It Sports app at Live Moods. TikTok or TikTok is where you'll see the dancing. Twitter, you'll see a lot of interacting with people, posting my player props. Um, a lot of our shows are live streamed through Twitter uh, from the Book It page at Book It HQ. So give that Twitter page a follow. Uh, we're also on Instagram, Book It and at Live Moods. But most importantly for the live game interactions, for the vlog style type videos where you can get to know me a little bit more and see me getting mad at my bets and, you know, screaming at the TV and interacting with the community. And not only that, but all my spread bets, you know, I post my player props on Twitter, but as for my spread bets, that's where you head to the book it sports app. We're in the app store and the Google play store. Uh, You can find us just book it sports in the app store, download it. I'm there at live moods, posting all my spread stuff, interacting, posting videos, all that good stuff. So that's where you can find me again. Thank you so much for having me on. I absolutely love this and we'll make sure we do it again soon. But yeah, that's where you can find me at live moods on everything and more props to come. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. And if you're new into betting, make sure to check out the book at sports app. And like Liv said, they've got incredible stuff going on over there. So if you're, or even if you're in it, even if you're experienced and you don't know about Book It Sports, please check that out as well. And, and Liv, thanks so much for coming on and hope you stay safe and well. And we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And, and that's Liv Moody. So thankful for her to join us today. And thank you to you for listening and watching today. Make sure to check out all of our episodes. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's been another edition of Crunch Time Plays. God bless everybody. 